Hello and welcome to episode number 100 of The Lines Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson, where we go over all the big bets, all the big news, all the big happenings in this crazy gambling industry of ours. And Brett, we made it 100 episodes. It just happens to be our NFL Draft spectacular episode here as well. I am. I could not. I am. I'm telling you right now. I could not be happier to have made it 100 episodes. There's zero chance we're making 200, right? I mean, like we're definitely getting canned before then. I mean, the odds of us getting to 100 were what 100 to one. So yeah, <laughs> big, huge congratulations to us. And I think the, have you? I think you've done every episode. I did. Am I, I wrong? I've been here. I've been here for everyone. I know. I'm Iron Man when it comes to the uh, the Lions podcast. Bravo. I know. Uh, I know. Big clap to us. Big pat on the back to us. As our friend Adam Levitan would say, big shout out to us. And uh, yeah, this is uh, episode number 100. Guys, if you haven't done it already, of course, you know, we are on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher and Google. So go in there, subscribe, rate and review at the lines US at PlayPix US on Twitter. If you want to follow us over there and in all kidding and all joking aside, we really do hope to make it 200 episodes here. Don't see any reason why we won't, because, hey, there are going to be new states that are going live. We talked about Colorado last week. May 1st is the is the date there in Colorado. So we'll have a new state joining the fold here. And, you know, this is only going to continue and and we will certainly be with you along the ride. Uh we talked about this a little bit last week, Brett, as well. The World Series of Poker. You and I speculated that it was not going to happen. We kind of looked at it from, one, just the logistics standpoint of everything. There were already some pretty decent rumors that were coming out, but it has now been made official. Yeah, I said on the podcast Friday that by this time this week, I expected some news from the WSOP. I didn't know that for sure, but here we are. Indeed, we did get news on Monday that the World Series of Poker uh, will not take place in Las Vegas during the summer 2020 for the first time ever. Crazy to say that, but according to a press release, uh, they will have official WSOP bracelet events online. Uh, Those are expected to play out as scheduled, and they're going to likely be adding more events uh, online over the summer, but the live tournaments inside the Rio have been postponed with a potential start in the fall. And, you know, it's, it was one of those things where we were just waiting. We knew a hundred percent what was going to go down here because I mean, the casinos aren't even open. So there's no way that you were going to be able to hold an event with, you know, bringing in thousands and thousands of people a month from now, that was just never going to happen we were both kind of shocked that it took them so long to come out and finally say something, but I am glad that they went ahead and postponed this thing. I mean, listen, I guess the keyword keyword there is postponed as opposed to canceled. They have not fully canceled it yet. It is just going to be at least pushed into the fall right now. Of course, this is day to day. Things change. We don't even know when casinos are going to officially get up and running here in Las Vegas, but uh, at least optimistically, they're going to push this thing to the fall, which if you know, you and I both, I don't think, consider poker a sport, but let's just call it an event here in the gambling <laughs> world. So we now have the World Series of Poker that has been pushed to the fall, added to this calendar that you and I have talked about on the podcast over the last couple of weeks of potential openings and potential things that could happen in the sports world. Brett, if things all come to fruition, if things go as planned, 
the final quarter of tw- of the year 2020 is going to be the most insane thing for all forms of gambling in the history of the world. I cannot wait. I'm literally this quarantine might have been worth it. I mean, if it comes down to it for the fall. Yeah, it's going to be well, I'm just I'm thinking back to my my summers in Vegas during the World Series where like the NBA finals and the NHL playoffs were going on and players weren't even paying attention to their cards. They were so focused on what was going on in the TVs because they had so much money on the games. I can't even imagine what the World Series of Poker would look like if it happened in the fall with every sport colliding. Nobody would be paying attention to what's going on at the tables with so many sports going on. I was going to say, like, it would it would be the it'd be the one time to really pay to not be a sports fan because you have such an advantage at the table because then nobody's going to be giving their 100 percent effort with everything that's going to be going on. But, yeah, the World Series of Poker is now officially postponed. We talked about the UFC and how Dana White and them were hell bent on getting some events done. And here they go again, UFC 249, Brett, May the 9th. They're going to do it in Florida. If we have been following what's been going on down there, the WWE has moved their events to Florida as well. They have a training center down there as it is anyway. So it's kind of a home. It's kind of their home away from home as it is anyway down there in Florida. But the state of Florida has ruled sporting events as essential as as essential and so wwe's been putting on uh, live shows from their facility down there and now the ufc on may the 9th is going to go live i've seen a lot of people applauding this bread i mean listen I, i'm again i'm not a doctor i'm not whatever will history will will judge this i guess time will tell but it does look like we're going to have a a live sporting event from one of the you know quote unquote major sports uh, you know probably sixth or seventh most popular sport in the United States, but at least one of the major sporting leagues is going to uh, be in action on, in early May there. I, I would applaud it if it wasn't a sport where athletes are literally on top of each other and grappling each other. I, I like, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist, but I am fearful of what's going to happen in Florida over the next six months, that they are opening everything. Georgia is another state too. I got it's, it's, it's a little scary that they, they, you know, some of these leagues are pushing to launch these sports over the next month. But, um, you know, here we are. I could, I could see it for golf. I could even see baseball, but UFC is kind of terrifying. Do you actually think this is going to happen? Uh, I, at this juncture, I don't see any reason it wouldn't, outside of just a massive outbreak happening, you know, in Florida over the next, uh, you know, basically over the next week. Right. Like that's basically the only way that I can see it not happening because they're, you know, I mean, they're open for business. They are, uh, you know, like we said, the WWE has actually been doing events down there. And so really for me, I guess the only way I see this not happening would be there just being a huge, huge outbreak where, uh, they ha- they were forced to shut down the state uh, again, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, listen, the card that they have proposed the UFC here, Dana White has said he was going to make it up to his fans for having to not uh, put on events over the last several weeks and whatnot. And that, that, that's the case anyway. The card they have pr- have uh, put out there is going to be a massive one. There's no doubt about it. So. Look, if it goes on, we're going to break it down. I mean, we will have a we'll we'll yeah. have we'll have a breakdown of the lines. We'll have videos. We'll have whatever. So, I mean, if it if it does happen here, we will certainly 
have some info for you guys and, and talk about ways that maybe you can make some money because these, uh, I imagine it will be a fairly heavily bet event. I mean, look, you, we talk about the NFL draft that's happening tomorrow and how big we think that it's going to be. And it's still, you know, us kind of speculating on what teams may or may not do. And there's going to be all kinds of juggling. I mean, this would actually be a real sporting event. Right. I, I think the handle could be could be pretty significant for the UFC. Do you think it would pass the NFL draft handle? It, I think it could rival, uh, you know, again, they're, they're talking about putting, you know, three title fights on this thing and like two other huge major, you know, major fights on the card with names that people know kind of household names and whatnot. So it could, it could rival. I'll just put it, you know, it, it, you, it could rival. Do you think it would pass ping pong handle? I mean, that's uh, that. <laughs> will wanna, anything ever pass? Hey, ping pong I'm not willing. I'm not willing to go that far, you know, or uh, or Chinese Taipei baseball. Also, that what, is going what on. A, on what a world. This is. Yeah. Right the now. the Rakuten monkeys uh, played the China Trust Brothers today. I, I don't know if you saw that 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 game went on. Uh, the the monkeys got it done. They beat the, the brothers three to two. So um, I don't know if you've been following your your Chinese Taipei baseball league over there. I have not. Well, that's uh, the Fubon Guardians are also still alive, and so are the Uni Lions. So uh, that's the but the uh, the monkeys are the odds on favorite plus one fifteen to take the whole thing down. If you want the Guardians, you're getting them at two hundred. The brothers at three fifty, and then the Lions come in at, at way way long shots eight to one. Sitting there for those guys. Should we also hit on the uh, the Setka Cup? What, what else we got here? We got t- I, we got eye racing, the Modus icons and darts. Yeah, and we got eye racing. We have we have eye racing that's still that's still going on. That's yeah, that's right. So I mean, you know, it's there. There are things to bet on. I I'll admit I've not I haven't done anything here lately. I've I've gone ahead and just waited on the NFL draft. Where now I have. A lot of uh, a lot of action going on here. We'll talk about in just a second. But before we get to the draft, some pretty big news for a Tuesday in the middle of a pandemic. Brett, we get an an unretirement, a trade and two of the long time, one of the very best and most successful duos over the last several years get reunited down in Tampa as Rob Gronkowski comes out of retirement it's traded to the Tampa Bay Bucks, and they are going to play. He said he's going to play his one-year $10 million that he has left on that contract, and he's going to play that thing out down there. Listen, I think the most shocking thing, we knew that, w- that there would be movement in the books because, again, people, every time something like this, and, and it creates excitement, and especially in a time like this when there's nothing else to bet on, people are going to run to the books and do whatever. I expected to see line movement I did not expect people to go absolutely haywire on this. It was wild. I I was shocked. And not just the Bucs. I mean, obviously, you look at the division odds here. Uh, you know, the Bucs are now even with the Saints. But the Falcons, a team that I liked coming into the season, are now plus 1,200 to win that division. With all the money coming in on Tampa, nobody is betting Atlanta. So their odds plummeted. I look at this as one of those opportunities that come up occasionally where you just have to fire the number against the steam. Even if you don't like the team, I think you just blindly bet the price because it's too good. Like the steam is driving this inflation on the Bucks, same as it did last year with the Cleveland Browns. And that's why we, we talked about betting the Ravens in that division last year because of all the money coming, coming in and, and 
driving the price on the Browns. It's just, I don't know. I, I look at this as an overreaction to one move that has a lot of uncertainty around it. Yesterday, in a span of minutes, the the, the Bucks were from plus. 1800 to plus 1200 to win the Super Bowl. At MGM, they're plus 900 right now. The Bucks. It's look, it's mind blowing. It's it's pretty crazy. Now, so here's here's the thing. You know, we were kind of talking about this a little bit on 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 Slack, and so is is it worth it? Right? Like, is it worth putting Rob Gronkowski on this team? And what does it actually mean for anything? I mean, so here's the deal. If you get 80% of Rob Gronkowski, and this is this is us just speculating, right? I mean, like, we have no idea what kind of health this guy is in. There's really no way that anything's going to get out here with the way that we are in this pandemic right now, so there's no way for us to really know. But So let's just speculate. If you're getting 80% of Rob Gronkowski, would you say that this is a good deal then at that point for the Bucks? But but eighty percent of which Rob Gronkowski? Are we talking two thousand fourteen, fifteen Gronkowski? Because you're not going to get that. He's just he's not. It's not the same person. It's not the same athlete. He's never going to be that guy. So if you're getting eighty percent of two thousand seventeen, eighteen Gronkowski, I don't think it's worth it. Would you? What if you could get? What if you could get the same production as 37-year-old Jason Witten gave the Cowboys this past year? Because this was really shocking to me when I went and looked because I'm like, okay, what's like the floor for Gronk here? How about dad running Jason Witten? Witten got 83 targets, 63 catches, 529 yards, and he caught four touchdowns. For the Cowboys this past season, I mean, I mean, 63 receptions, 529, four touchdowns. That's not terrible production for a 37 year old dude that can hardly run anymore. And look, even as bad, badly banged up as Gronk is, he is more athletic than a 37 year old uh, than a 37 year old Jason Witten. I mean, so you got to think what? 65 to 70 catches for for him in this offense, 600 yards and five or six touchdowns. That's pretty decent production for for a guy like that. I don't know. I I, if if that's what I think I'm getting, I I think it's probably worth it. You don't think you could get that production out of Cameron Bray and OJ Howard? Well, I guess the question becomes, do I guess the question becomes is, do you hold on to, they were over, apparently, if you listen to a lot of these guys that are plugged in, the, they were trying to get rid of OJ Howard as early as like three months ago. You know, like they were like literally trying to get rid of this dude way back, uh, basically in February, as soon as the Super Bowl was over with. And so, I mean, they have some reason that they are not keen on on OJ Howard. I don't I don't know if you've heard what that reason might be. I don't know if you have any idea why uh, they are not as high on him and everything. But, uh, you know, OJ Howard, they apparently want to get out of town as it is. And so it wouldn't surprise me if he actually gets moved tomorrow at some point. Yeah, I think he will. I don't think he's a good fit for the Arians offense. So I do see him getting moved. But I just think instead of giving up a fourth for Gronk, I think you're better off with Howard and Brait. Um, but, you know, it, 
if he doesn't fit with Brady, then I guess it, it, it you go out and get Brady's guy. I, I just I'm not buying that this Bucks offense is that much better than it was last year with Brady at quarterback. I just I can't see it. They'll be more efficient in terms of the you know the turnovers were the big thing for the Bucks last year. I mean Jameis with the just degaff, yeah. especially a negative script. I mean he was just flinging it. So a lot of that is is built into the thirty picks that he threw. It was just you know trying to do something from behind. They're not going to be in that position as often this year. And Brady is not going to be doing the same, the same stuff, but at least Jameis could get the ball 20, 30 yards downfield. That's not going to happen with this offense. So I, I worry about Mike Evans uh, efficiency and what he does. Well, uh, I think Godwin's going to eat regardless because he's just so good at all levels. But I, with Gronk at tight end, I just, I don't know, man. I, I'm not convinced that, that Tom Brady is enough of an upgrade over Jameis to warrant such a huge price move. You the, to- the Bucks were 65 to 1 to win the Super Bowl in February. They are 9 to 1 at MGM right now. You want me to blow your mind? Hit me. Gronk is five months older than Travis Kelsey. Wow. Five months older than Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's a beast, man. <laughs> but I mean, that I'm just guy. saying, I'm just saying, I'm just throwing this out there. It's like everyone's like, oh, he's old and he's washed or whatever. And like no he's one would had... ever, no one would ever say anything about Travis Kelsey being old. Now, uh, you I know, know like, but Gronk's had how many back surgeries? He, no, no, and no, no, no. He has. He has. I, I'm just saying like everyone's like, oh, he's old. He's he's going to be 31 years old. And it's like, yeah, so is Travis Kelsey. Like Travis Kelsey's going to be 31 age, as well. It's not the age that I'm most worried about. It's the amount of surgeries and. And the guy is just always, he's just not the same player as he was no. five, six you know, years what, ago. So. What you could do if you're this team and I, you know, Bruce Aaron's going to do whatever he's going to do. But I mean, if you say you say you do move Howard over and you hold on to Bray, like you could use Bray between the thirties. And then once you get inside the 30, then that's kind of where you, you, you bring, you bring Gronk in and like Gronk becomes that type of guy for you. I think there's a way to make this work. And if, if anything, if he's just a distraction to to your other two just absolute beasts you have at wide receiver, then I think he's done his part. Whether he whether the production comes through yardage or just being a being a human distraction, um I, that I think he could play play a big role even if he doesn't have huge actual on the field numbers. I'll tell you what, if this offense is as good as people think it is, this could be a Super Bowl team. Because I think what's what's going unnoticed here is how how much improved this defense has been. Yeah. Especially the front seven. I mean, this was a top tier run defense last year. They had one of the best pass rushers in Shaq Barrett. Devin White, they drafted last year, number five overall. He obviously should be much better this year. This could be a really good defense. Uh, the secondary is a disaster, but they would probably address that in the draft. But uh, it, it, defensively, they could be very good. And so, yeah, I mean, if, if, if I'm wrong and Tom Brady leads this offense into like a top five in the league type of offense, they could win the Super Bowl. But I don't, I don't think you're getting a good price for it right now. Oh, it's a fade. It's massively terrible. Super Bowl right now with the addition of Gronk. They have moved into a tie with the Saints. It is the Chiefs at six to one, Ravens at seven to one, Niners at nine to one. And then you have the Saints and Bucks both sitting at 12 to 1. They are tied as the fourth favorite there, Brett, over at DraftKings to win the Super Bowl. And, you know, look, is Tom Brady an upgrade over Jameis Winston? I think we could both say yes, even though we both think Tom Brady is 
is uh, is washed because at the end of the day, turnovers just hurt so, so, so much in, in the NFL. And so that was the biggest problem with Jameis, and I don't think that that was going to change. And when you give the ball to the team for free so often, it's, it's just hard to win games, especially close games. So is it an upgrade? Sure. Getting Gronk, that's fine and dandy. But, uh, you know, if you're telling me, is this a team that I would say better than you know, some of these other a little bit more proven teams, the Eagles, the the Seahawks, the Cowboys. I mean, hell, even, you know, we think that we were fairly high on the Colts last year. If we think that getting Phillip Rivers for the Colts is, you know, even the Colts out there, your bills showed signs of of, of improvement in life and whatnot. I don't know, man, like you're all, you're getting more than double the odds on all those teams I just mentioned as compared to the Bucks. Steelers are another one, too. I'm still waiting to see what they do a quarterback. Because if it's if it's just Big Ben, I can't I can't support this team. But if they give him some some kind of support at quarterback and make a move or you know get a Jameis or I don't know and just a warm body because yeah. they don't have that behind Ben right now. That's a team I'm definitely interested in. But until they get some quarterback help, uh, I'm going to fade. So we are, you know, over just just over 24 hours away. From the NFL draft, it is going to be a draft like no other. It's a virtual draft. There's not been any, well, there have been very, very few meetings between players and teams that happen face-to-face. Now everything happens Zoom and Skype. There's been no pro days, as you guys know, only virtual pro days. And so these teams are going into this a little bit more blindly than they have in years past and how this is going to play out. I think, you think, and I think that a lot of people right now I think there's going to be a chaos in this thing, Brett. I think that once we get past the first two picks, which I think we all are in agreement, the first two picks are kind of locked in. But starting at pick three, I think this thing could go off the rails as soon as pick three. Like, I think we might be looking at pick five and we're going to look down at all of our notes and we're going to have all this prep work that we've done and and all of that. And we're going to look down at pick five and just look at each other and go, I don't know what the hell's going on anymore. Like, There's a decent chance we're just like shaking our heads, having no clue how this thing's going to play out. I think you're right. And as somebody who likes to benefit from uncertainty and randomness, I, I, I see some opportunity here in these NFL draft betting markets. So that that part of it is pretty exciting, too. That is actually how I'm kind of embracing some of these picks that I've ended up taking as well. We'll talk about our five favorite picks here at the end of the uh, here at the end of the segment, we're just going to talk about go position by position here and start just you know giving quick thoughts and if there's anything some new any news that has come out and anything that we might do to help you along the way as you make your final preparations and your final bets, especially if you're here if you're in Nevada and you're listening to this, uh, your final bets actually are today, so you're going to want to get in as soon as humanly possible. They are going to keep. Things on the board over in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, and maybe even some inklings here, Brett. It seems like there might be some live options as well that are going to be going on out there. We will try and confirm one way or another, but it does seem like we've gotten some some uh, some news here from some of the people out there. There might even be some live options that are going on as the draft is happening. But you know, starting at the quarterback position, the the over under actually my very favorite bet that I have. It's not available and hasn't been available for a very, very long time, but station casinos here in Vegas opened up this, uh, this market way back. I mean, they, you know, it's typically been the, uh, it's typically been either the, you know, the offshores or the European dudes that have kind of set the tone as far as getting a lot of these 
you know, markets up and going, certainly not the local Vegas casinos, but station casinos kind of went out and started putting out some draft props for everybody else. They opened one that people pounced on, including me, which quarterbacks over under at three and a half as opposed to four and a half where it sits right now. I hit the over, you know, just as as hard as I possibly could. This was after the combine. And we know that these teams, you know, tend to fall in, in love with players at the combine. And, you know, love's name started to come back up yet again and again and again as far as going in the first round. So I hit the over there. This number's now moved to four and a half. Uh, it's heavily, heavily juiced on the under there. You and I talked a bit about this before, but nothing has changed my mind. Nothing, none of the mocks I've seen, none of the, uh, none of the buzz that has come out leads me to believe that there's going to be uh, five quarterbacks taken in the first round this year. Nope, I don't see it. I think four is the max, or it's really going to come down to where Jordan Love goes and if he falls out obviously it's only going to be three um so yeah i i think the under 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 is the the play there if you can get under four and a half under four i i, I think that's what i would lean yeah and i mean i guess this all comes down to the key being does love go in the first round i think what you're gonna see and especially with what we know that you get that fifth year I just think that even if we sit there and we're sitting at kind of like pick 19, pick 20 and love is still on the board, there's going to be someone who takes that chance because even if you don't think he's ready to play right now, you do get that fifth year. We've, we understand the winning formula in the NFL. If you can get these, if you can build a good team around these quarterbacks on their rookie deals, that's basically a proven formula for winning in the NFL right now. And not having to pay out the ass for a guy uh, as, you know, for an extra year is just so incredibly huge to building a winning franchise. And I just think someone towards the end of that first round is going to say, look, let's lock him up. Even if he sits for two years, we have three years with this guy. He learns under our quarterback X, Y, Z. I I just don't see it's hard for me to see a scenario where love doesn't get taken in the first. If he's there at 23, do the Patriots take him? The Patriots are the Saints at 24, right? I mean, I think that there's two scenarios where teams would really, really love to have a guy on a five-year deal. I mean, Drew Brees basically had to be talked out of retirement to come back this year. And if you're the Saints, I mean, this this team's built to win, right? I mean, they, they've got a lot of good talent, a lot of good players. They signed Michael Thomas. Like, Michael Thomas is there. So do you, do you want to waste all that? You got Kamara still on a rookie deal. I mean, do you want to waste all of that? trying to rebuild or do you want to have a dude that, you know, sits a year under breeze and then, and then maybe learns a whole lot over the course of a year. And then you, then you're able to go with it, you know, or, or looking at what the bucks are doing this year. Do you try to get someone who can help you now try and fill a hole that you've got on your roster right now and make you better this year while breeze is still here. So I guess, I don't know. There's a couple of ways to look at it. But I, I could see the Patriots going quarterback for sure because they, they're they not in a rebuild, but they kind of are in a rebuild when you look at that roster. Right. Right. I, and, and I guess basically what it comes down to is does do they think that they have the opportunity to be bad enough to where they would be even in the mix at all next year for a quarterback? And if that's the case, then 
Maybe you don't take one this year, but I, yeah. I don't know. I just don't see the Patriots being that bad. Do you like, I, I mean, I don't see them yeah. being one of the absolute worst teams in the league. I, I just can't see that. No, no, no. I do. I do think they, I, I think the bills do win the division this year, but the Patriots will still be in the mix for the playoffs for sure. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of hard for me to see that. So it's, you know, Trevor Lawrence or, or fields. Like, I don't think that they're going to be in the running for those guys, you know? No. So it's maybe like you said, so um, that's how we're looking at it from a quarterback perspective um, on that over under total there. The other thing really comes down to, you know, which team is going to take these guys. We've heard a ton of stuff about Tua and how he's slipping his over under now, Brett is, has moved to five and a half over at uh, over at DraftKings and the over five and a half is only plus plus one twenty five at this juncture. So a lot of talk about, Herbert going before Tua and Herbert going to the Dolphins specifically. Now you look at this, uh, an over under a five and a half on Tua being able to pick which team he goes to. I'll admit I took a flyer on Tua at plus 700 to the Jaguars because I I believe that if for whatever reason they just that the Dolphins do decide to go Herbert instead I think there's a chance the Chargers just kind of move on best player available. And at that point, Tua could go all the way down to the to the pan, uh, to, to to the Jaguars. And I don't see the Jaguars passing on him. I mean, listen, this has been a team that has been without a quarterback for so long. And, um, you know, if you have a chance in Tua at that point, if you're at the Jaguars organization, I think you don't. I don't think he gets past nine. I'll put it that way. I don't think so either. Yeah, I. I could definitely see the Chargers taking an offensive lineman at six. That's been they've they've been bad at offensive line for so many years now. Address that and then go get your quarterback, especially with so many questions around both Herbert and Tua. Why? Why risk it? Go get that guy. There's so many good offensive linemen here who could go top 10. Uh, Just get the one that, that the Giants don't take. Do you think just personally do you think whoever pass? Well, I mean, we don't know anyone's going to pass on. Let's just say we are sitting here tomorrow night and two is still on the board at nine. Do you think those teams that pass on him are going to regret it? Because I mean, we were talking about a guy that came into this year, the overwhelming number one overall pick in the draft. There was no question at all who was going to be the number one overall pick in the draft. And then this, this last injury was the thing that kind of cast the shadow of doubt. We talked about earlier how we're not doctors. I'm not a doctor. All I can do is listen to the doctors who say that his hip is okay and that he's going to be fine. Um, There's no real incentive. I don't think from anything that I can tell for them to lie about that. So, you know, look, this is a generational type guy. If you can get, I mean, even if you don't get, you know, let's say this hip thing is something that could come down the pike and, and bite him like later in his career. Even if you get eight good years out of two, like how many teams would kill for eight years of solid quarterback play right 30. now, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> you just don't get that. Right. I mean, like eight years if you, if, you know, yeah, maybe he's not one of these guys that plays into his late thirties, but if you get eight years of Tua, I don't know, man, I think that that is a, I think that's a hard, hard thing to pass up. I keep going back and forth with this. Like, I, I, will the Dolphins take Tua or Herbert at five? You know, I was on Tua at first, and then I switched over to Herbert. Now we're seeing reports that the Dolphins gave Tua a passing grade on his physical. 
So, I mean, one of the beat reporters, the Miami Herald is saying that two is the favorite to land with the Dolphins at five, which clashes what, what the books are offering. So maybe you can get value on two at five. Now I I'm staying away from this. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know what the hell is going to happen with Tua and Herbert here. So I, I, I can see one of them falling all the way to 23 to the Patriots that like Tua could land with the Patriots that I think right. that's a possibility. So I, I honestly have no idea. Uh, the, the one look, the one thing we know is that Joe Burrow is going one and you're, you're not going to get a good price on it unless you are in New Jersey and Iowa. You can actually get a plus. This is an awesome, awesome odds boost. You can get plus 200 at FanDuel on Joe Burrow to be the first pick overall. So, I mean, that's free money. You can't pass up there. Other than that, insanity. other than that, I, I don't know what's going to happen with these quarterbacks. And just, just so that we're saying that when we're saying like, Hey, that's free money. That's not like those, you know, sometimes people talk in hyperbole, but like it's free money. There's actually even reports coming out right now. super plugged in, you know, like super, super plugged in guys within the, within the Seattle, uh, the Cincinnati market up there who are saying that it's been, it's been decided. Like they are, they are definitely 100%. They've even informed him that he's going to be the number one overall pick taken. So uh, just, just go ahead, take the free money. There for sure. The only other thing in the quarterback position before we move on to running backs is the Jordan Love uh, draft over unders. Shop around on those guys like real quick. I mean, if you have an opinion one way or the other, just be sure and shop on that number. I mean, it's at 23 and a half at DraftKings. It's at 19 and a half at other books like that are out there right now. So, I mean, we're talking a four pick gap there on where these Jordan love over under sit, because he's kind of the guy that's all over the market at that position. So if you do have a, if you do have a strong opinion one way or the other on Jordan love, just be sure and shop those books because that is just, that's a huge difference. Whether you like the over or whether you like the under getting 19 and a half or getting 23 and a half. Have you seen a market uh, where Jordan love doesn't go in the first round? I'm seeing Jordan love going in the first round minus 500 at DraftKings. I would love to bet the other side of that. I haven't seen it though. And I've not seen I've not seen the no on him either on that like that. I think maybe they're think maybe they, that's one of those where it's like eh, one way market on that one. We're gonna yeah, yeah, one yeah. Way. Uh, running back is pretty cut and dry here. Um, o- there's really only really only a few different bets here where there might be some value left, Brad. I mean, uh, at, at the end of the day, we talked about there's not much separation between any of these kind of top four to six guys. And if you read any of the draft if you read any of the draft previews, I read Dane Brugler's, I read PFFs, I, I read, you know, several of these other ones. Basically, they're kind of saying, yeah, this guy might be a little bit better than this guy. But at the end of the day, all these guys are just separated by micro fractions here. So, you know, for me, first guy, first first running back taken or any of those, like I would only be playing long shots on that one. I would not be playing any of the favorites because. For me, now that I've, you know, now that we've kind of read the way that these teams are looking at this and these draft experts are, are looking at this as well, um, you know, I, I think this could be a position that's pretty, uh, pretty volatile as well. Yeah, and this is that's why this is one of my favorite markets, because while I do like DeAndre Swift, I think he's the most talented of this group. I don't think there's that much difference at the top. And I could see a J.K. Dobbins being drafted first and. You can get him at plus 500 right now at DraftKings because nobody is betting him. I'm looking at some of the data here from DraftKings that they sent us. DeAndre Swift, being the first running back taken, is getting 75% of the handle right now. 
Jonathan Taylor, 13%, Dobbins, 5%. So that is why you can still get a good price on Dobbins. And I think there's value there because I, I, I could totally see him going to like Miami right. at 26. And that's that's, that's what Brugler uh, had in his mock. We'll see what, what Dane has in his mock, his final mock on Thursday morning. But as of last Friday, that's where he had Dobbins going. I could totally see that happening. Yeah, it's it's that right there to me um, is is really, you know, the position. This this one is the one. The only bet that I have on this one, and you know, it's, it's I've made kind of like pretty much I've made I've been no stranger to saying that I think that there's a pretty heavy chance that there's not a running back taken at all in the first round, considering everything that we're talking about here. So I got that at you know over two to one, and so for me, that's really how I'm playing the the running back position. And uh, past that, I mean, I'm not really uh, I'm not really interested in a ton of other things that are happening here at the running back position at all, but the, the wide receiver position is very incredibly interesting. This is the one that is so incredibly, uh, so incredibly hotly debated. Who's going to go first? Where are they going to go? How many of them are going to go right now? As we sit at DraftKings, Brett, Judy plus one ten, lamb plus one ten. So same odds for them to be drafted first overall at the wide receiver position rugs just not that far behind at three three to one and then you know it gets a little it gets way out of hand there jefferson plus five thousand higgins fifteen thousand mims fifteen thousand but judy rugs lamb all kind of tied right there together all really short odds to be the first wide receiver drafted off the board and if you look at these mock drafts and i've looked at no fewer than 20 of them and really narrowed down to about a dozen that I, that I respect. There are some that have Judy. There are some that have lamb and there are some that have rugs as the first guy off the board here. There is no consensus whatsoever. Yeah. And that's why you could probably get some value on a guy like rugs because everyone's, everyone's trying to go out and get the next Deshaun Jackson slash Tyreek Hill talent. The guy who's just going to blow by secondaries and is that, that quick hit receiver. And that's 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 rugs in this class. I mean, he's the speed guy. So, I mean, I could I could I mean, it's it's easy to sell an owner on drafting a guy who runs a four two, right? So that's that's a good selling point over over a Judy and over a lamb. So I could I could see it happening. I don't think it will. I think I think plus 300 is a pretty good price for that. I, I just think Judy and lamb are the more complete receivers and are more likely to be taken by smart GMs. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess if there is value here. It's got to be rugs just for the possibility that he goes yeah. first overall. Yeah, and with that, if you do want to take that route, guys, again, we talk about the shopping. It's uh, it's four sixty over at Fanduel, so That's, you know, yeah, a there you go, much much better price than even at DraftKings for rugs to be the first off the board. And and as I mentioned, like several several mocks that I've seen have him being the first guy off the board. As Brett mentioned, NFL is a passing league now. Everybody's passing the ball a whole bunch more. If you can have that guy that can take the top off, then it opens things up underneath. And so it's just, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of things that go into what you're looking for in today's NFL. And one of those type of guys has really become much more valuable than in years past as teams move to throwing the ball, you know, 65% of the time. In, just, in, I mean, just look at NFL. last year. Yeah. Uh, a loaded class last year with Brown and Debo Samuel and Nikhil Harry, who went first overall at wide receiver, Marquise Brown, the speed guy. So I, I you know, I could see it happening again this year. 
Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And I think that that's cert- certainly something that I would be uh, looking at as as well. If you want to, if you want to do that. And again, I mean, it, we're talking two fifty at points bet on rugs, and you're getting four sixty over at FanDuel. So be sure and take advantage of the best numbers that are out there. Judy Lamb, Rugs, and Jefferson are the pretty much locks when it comes to first round wide receivers. Brad, I talk about all those mocks that we went over and that we've kind of, you know, scoured through here. When you take a look, I mean, I went through and kind of tallied up the numbers on Kuiper, McShay, Brugler, Daniel Jeremiah, Ryan Wilson, Chad Reuter, Matt Miller. Um, I did pro football focuses draft. I also did the SB Nation consensus as well as the fantasy pros consensus. Uh, SB, SB Nation puts over 80 drafts together and kind of makes a consensus. Then fantasy pros puts 18 different drafts together. Every single one of those drafts, Literally every single one of them had those four guys going in the first round. Judy Lamb, Ruggs, Jefferson in every single draft went in the first round. Now, what varied was who was that fifth guy taken? The, the vast majority, there was only one of those drafts that only had four wide receivers taken. Um, every other one either had five or six. Of that, though, this is where things get tricky and things get interesting because it is a mix of T. Higgins, Denzel Mims, Jalen Rager, and then Brandon Ayuk. There are guys who say Ayuk's a first-rounder, guys who say Rager's a first-rounder, guys who say Mims is a first-rounder, guys who have T. Higgins slipping into the bottom of that first round, kind of down there in that 30, 31, 32 type range. So this is where the big, big disagreement comes in at the wide receiver position is which of that next four tier, that second tier of you know first-rounders, actually end up going in the first round yeah and i i don't know that any of them will this class is so stacked that i could see teams waiting until the second round to go get their guy which ultimately hurts guys like judy and lamb and rugs who will for sure go in the first round but i think they'll drop lower than they normally would just because you can sit back and wait if you're some of these other teams but there were guys at the combine who elevated their stock immensely guys like mims and uh, claypool rager a lot of these guys have first round grades, but they're not all going to go in the first round because of the depth of this class. So I could I could see four or five wide receivers going. I mean, the, the number right now at, at, at books is five and a half. I, I like the under quite a bit because I think you can wait to the second, even like early, early third round to get a, a really good wide receiver in this draft. Yeah, I mean, so the teams that everybody knows are going to be going after receivers, Raiders, Niners and Broncos all need wide receivers badly and they are they are going to most likely be going after that position so we know those three teams for sure the other teams that are rumored to be going after receivers you have the eagles who certainly uh, have you watched anything last year I mean, they they are in need at that position very very badly the jets have been rumored as a team as that might be looking at wide receiver as well. And then down when you get to the bottom of the draft, the Packers as a compliment to Devontae Adams, another team that's been kind of linked to a wide receiver as well. So, Brett, I mean, we know four teams are pretty damn likely to take a wide receiver in Eagles, Broncos, Niners, and Raiders. Now, you'd really only need one of those other teams to uh to come in for that fifth one which most of the mock drafts out there have five wide receivers going in the first round 
But to get to the six, the number right now sitting five and a half, you would need you would need two of those other teams that are kind of just rumored to be interested in a wide receiver to go ahead and pull the trigger. And I just don't know if that's going to be the case this year. Like you said, I mean, I definitely see those guys taking the very top guys. I definitely see Judy Lamb, Ruggs and Jefferson all getting taken. They're just too good. They're starters from day one. They come in, they make a difference. I definitely see one other team reaching for a Mims or a Rager or an Ayuk or a Higgins, whatever it might be. But do you see two other teams reaching into that second tier? I kind of find that hard for me to get there. It could all start at 21 with the Eagles. If they go wide receiver there, then I think you might see Minnesota at 22. They got their pick from Buffalo by trading Stephon Diggs. They could go with a wide receiver at 22, and that could start a run where you see six, seven wide receivers go in the first round because then you've got, uh, like you said, San Francisco and Green Bay there at the bottom. Uh, they may want to go get their guy before a run early in the second round. So that that's where I see it all starting. If it does, if there is a run on, on wide receivers in the first round, I think it starts at 21 with the Eagles. The uh, one of the bets that I have had in my account here, uh, Justin Jefferson, it, you know, again, we talked about all these wide receiver needy teams. You'd mentioned the Eagles at 21. They were setting the, line on Justin Jefferson at 21 and a half. He's been one of the most talked up guys in all of this draft. He had a monster, monster combine. We mentioned there weren't pro days, there weren't whatever. So this was the last the team saw these of these players. Um, So I took the under on Justin Jefferson, pounded it as many times as I could. And now we see this number drastically move. It's already moved to 19 and a half over on DraftKings as far as draft position. So Feeling pretty good about that. I mean, um, it's still sitting at 21 and a half over on points bet, but it's heavily, heavily, heavily juiced if you want the under at 21 and a half there as well. I mean, there it just seems once we start connecting the dots and those teams and after we say them all out loud, I mean, we know just the glaring need for the Eagles. They definitely got to get a number two in there for the Broncos. They definitely need someone for the Raiders. Holy mackerel, they have a shambles at the wide receiver position uh 49ers it seems like this is all we hear is how much they want to get somebody in there as well so uh getting the under on Justin Jefferson cannot see him getting past the Eagles if he doesn't go before that so uh feeling feeling pretty good about that bet yeah you definitely beat the market there I I would feel I'd feel pretty good about that too yeah I I really do think it's gonna come come down the Eagles at 21 and Jefferson I think there's a pretty high percentage that Jefferson actually lands to the Eagles at 21. On the offensive lineman side of things, guys, this one is really one that uh, the the most most bet angle on this one is the first offensive lineman off the board, and then just the total number there in the first round. Those are the two that have been getting the most uh, getting talked about the most here. Jedrick Wills and then Tristan Wirfs are the two names that continually pop up for the offensive line as to who's going to be the first one off the board. If you want to go with Wills, minus 167 at DraftKings, worse, plus 200 over there on DraftKings. Everybody's looking at that number four spot. That is where the Giants sit. They need an offensive line so incredibly badly. If you watched last year, it was basically everybody running for their life back there in the pocket for the Giants. And so 
They're going to be taking a lineman most likely, Brett. Is it Wills or is it Werfs? I I don't I, I don't know. I'm really surprised by the prices here, just given what I've read about the top four guys, Werfs, Wills, Thomas, and Becton. I think any four of them really could land there. I don't I don't think there's any value in taking the minus here. So right. I I really like taking Thomas and or Becton at plus 700 or plus 1100 to be the first offensive lineman off the board. Cause I, I think there are evaluators who like Thomas the most. There are guys who like Becton the most. So I would, I would take the long shot this end this one. Yeah. Same with me. So I'm of the mindset here that if you're going to, if you're going to bet this one, I would certainly take a plus money as I would instead of wills. I mean, even if you wanted Werfs, right, which by the way, nearly, nearly half of the mock drafts out there have worfs going to the giants here. You're getting two to one on worse as opposed to laying 167 on wills. If it's really as close as every other draft expert out there, every other draft Nick putting worse in that slot, I think getting even two to one on him is incredible value. Yeah. And if, if look, if I was getting even money on all four of these guys, worse would be my guy. I think he is incredible, but I still think it, you you can get a pretty good price on the the long shots here, the Thomas and Becton, to where they are taken first often enough to where I think you're getting a little value. I just I don't see it with with Wills at all and minus money here. Yeah, and then the only the the other one here is just the uh, total number of offensive linemen taken in the first round. Now this is the one you talk about runs, Brett. I mean I think that. This is the one where we could actually see an incredible amount of runs because when we look at the top guys and then the next tier, the one thing that the draft experts pretty much all are in agreement about is that the top guys are absolutely elite. And then when you get to that second tier, it is a pretty big drop off to the second tier. Yeah, and more so than wide receiver, which is where all the other talent really is mm-hmm. as far as positions go. And I think because of the depth of wide receiver where teams are going to sit back and, and get their guy in the second round, you're going to see a run on offensive linemen. So uh, because I like the under in wide receivers, I like the over here at offensive linemen. I, I, I really do. I'm on with you. I think there's going to be a run here at wide, at uh, offensive linemen. Me too. The, the total set at six and a half and you do have to lay here. I mean, it's minus 155, but it's, that's not a ton of juice to lay in a position where I think that, I, you know, again, I think we see run. I think we see seven minimum. I think that there is definitely a chance for eight here with the offensive linemen and uh, definitely like the over uh, a pretty good bit on the offensive linemen. Uh, cornerbacks really with this one, we know who's going to be the first one off the board. It just at what spot is he going to go off the board? Brett, is there going to be a trade? Is there not going to be a trade? Does Akuda go three or does he go five? That seems to be the uh, big question that most people are asking out there. Yeah, and that kind of goes into the the random the randomness of of you know where this starts at three. I mean, I I I have no idea. <laughs> like, I don't know if anybody's gonna if if the Lions can find a partner at three. I think they're gonna they're gonna obviously take it because they can probably get Okuda at five or six. So. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think there's any question that Okuda will be the first off the board. It really gets interesting with like 
the third cornerback off the board. I think C.J. Henderson's probably going to go two. Uh, I think DraftKings had a market for third off the board. Nope, just second off the board. So, yeah, I guess there really isn't a whole lot to bet at cornerback because really you're just going to have to lay a lot of juice with the favorites. Yeah, it's uh, for me, I think the only the the only bet that I really liked here and it, it's one of my five favorite we'll talk about a little bit later did come at the cornerback position on Okuda, but it was just more of a very specific bet. So we'll talk about that one when we get there. Um, some of the other ones, Bama, LSU, and then Bama versus LSU. The numbers set here at five and a half on both of those teams. You know, Brett, whenever we look at LSU, Burrow, uh, Chase on Queen and Jefferson are all going to go in the first round. That is four for sure. Now, with the number set at five and a half, I see why it is so incredibly juiced to the under because what happened was, is when these originally got set back in the day, whenever they were putting these out, Grant Delpit was a guy that was a, not only a surefire first rounder, people were saying could be as high as a top five, top 10 pick. Now Delpit, a lot of the shine has worn off of him. He is in some people's mocks going in the first round, but not very many. You have Kristen Fulton, the corner for LSU, who is in many more mocks in the first round than Delpit is these days. But again, he is not a consensus to go in the first round either with that. So I would be very, very comfortable in laying the under on LSU players. But the problem just is you are you're laying a pretty good amount of juice at this point. Yeah, I I agree. I I'm looking here at Alabama versus LSU. Um, it, it's a tough one because I think there's more first round locks on the Alabama side, but I feel a little more comfortable about six going in the first round for LSU. I just think I think Delpit and Fulton could both sneak in to whereas you look at the Alabama side, McKinney and Diggs are probably I don't know. You're getting a pretty good price on on LSU. I think you're getting plus money. Uh, for LSU versus Alabama. But as far as LSU, the number, yeah, under five and a half is probably safe. But I I do see Delpit being a guy that kind of gets thrown in there at the end of the first round. Yeah, there is, there's, I think there's, so here's the thing. It basically comes down to, do teams want to believe what they believed going into the season or are they going to try to, because the the problem with Delpit as well, and you know, everybody knows I'm an LSU guy, so I'm speaking a little bit here from just stuff that I, I know coming out of Baton Rouge, but that he played the majority of the season injured, so there were a lot of things that you saw on tape from this past season that was a little bit discouraging, but apparently he was playing with a pretty severe ankle injury for the majority of the season that, you know, obviously if you're a if you're a safety and you have an ankle injury, that's not the best, that's not the best thing to have. Um, you know, you need to be able to 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 move quickly and cut on a dime and all the things like that. And so um, that's pretty interesting to me. I, I, like you said, you're right. I mean, there could be a point where you get to those last five picks in the first round and somebody say, you know what? We were super high on this guy last year. And if he really was injured and he's had all this time to get healthy, you know what? Let's, let's do this. And so you're, you're right. I mean, there, there, there could be those last two that could sneak in there at the end of the, at the end of the first. And it could come down to the safety position, too, because the other safety that teams are going to be looking at is McKinney from Alabama. 
So that could really swing things as far as some of these markets, the over-unders and the Alabama versus LSU. Uh, pretty interesting. As well. The other the other one is the cornerback, like Diggs versus Fulton. Which cornerback is going to go first? It will either go in the first round. So uh, that that's a really interesting market, that Alabama versus LSU. The other uh, the other interesting things that you can do with the cornerback position, just uh, top 10 overall. We said there's been a ton of steam on C.J. Henderson. C.J. Henderson looks to be really rapidly climbing the draft board right now. You can still get plus 125 on him to go in the top 10 picks. I think there's a pretty decent chance he goes in the top 10 picks, Brad. I mean, it, I do, too. Dude, yeah, there's just, you know, again, these elite corners in the draft and he, him being one of them. And of course him being the burner as well. We know what teams fall in love with, right? You can't teach speed, can't teach speed. He's the guy that ran the four, three, you know? And so uh plus money for him to go in the top 10, I think is a pretty interesting plus money bet. If you wanted to look at the quarterback position there as there well, there's so many, yeah, there are so many teams that need cornerback help this year. And one of them I talked about earlier, a team that I love the Falcons. I think I could see them trading up, for a CJ Anderson at eight, if they don't want to wait for a guy like Terrell at 16. So I, I could see a team trading up. Uh, if, if like the Cardinals want to trade out at eight or the Jaguars want to trade out at nine, I could see a team trading up for a cornerback and that would be Henderson at eight or nine. The head to head matchups that are out there, uh, guys, if you go over to DraftKings, you can click it. It says uh, player draft specials, and then you can click on player to be drafted first. That would be what Brett was, um, what was referencing as far as, which of these players is going to go? And it's literally just a head-to-head matchup to be drafted first. And so you're able to kind of take a look at these different guys and say, all right, you know, I think there are some interesting plus money ones out there as well. So I would take a look, you know, I mean, one of the ones that kind of jumped off the page to me, and this is way down the board and this isn't even going to happen on day one, but uh, Jalen Hurts to go ahead of Jacob Eason. Hurts is actually plus money to go ahead of Eason. And, you know, there was just, there was at least a minimal amount of talk about Jalen Hurts maybe being able to sneak into the first round. That's not going to happen, but uh, Jalen Hurts at plus money over Jacob Eason head to head was uh, one of the ones I found to be pretty interesting. Yeah, I have not seen anything about Eason going in the first round. So that does seem like a pretty good price at plus money for Jalen. Yeah, like that one. And then, you know, again, if we like if we like rugs to potentially be the first overall off the board, there's also a head to head between him and Judy where he's uh, nearly getting two to one. So, uh, you know, and then that that doesn't even have to be necessarily him going first overall. Lamb could still go first overall and uh, rugs would just have to go ahead of Judy and you would still be getting paid in that one. Another one that I found to be fairly interesting, but. Let's get to our five favorite prop bets here as people need to get their bets in. Bets are going to be getting taken down. Bets are going to be moving. Odds are going to be moving as information comes out. Uh, I'll kick things off, and this is one of the ones I'm, I'm pretty proud of here, and that is under five quarterbacks and running backs to go in the first round. Guys, as you listen to us talk about those positions earlier in the podcast, I see no situation, no way in the world that five quarterbacks go in the first round. I think that there is a very decent chance that no running backs go in the first round. And so I am basically betting this, that a worst case scenario for me, Brett would be a push Four quarterbacks, 
one one running back. And if that's the case, it's a push for me. So I think I'm almost free rolling this one. There's zero, literally zero out of all of the mock drafts out there that have five quarterbacks going in the first round. There are zero that have two running backs going in the first round as well. There are several that only have uh, three quarterbacks going. There are several that have no running backs going in the first round. So for me, uh, five total on the under, I feel like I'm free rolling um, and worst case scenario is a push for me. Yeah, I think so too. I think that there's a scenario where the total is three by the end of the first round. Like that could, that could definitely happen where love falls out of the first round and there are no running backs taken. So uh, yeah, I think even under, under four, is a possibility. Um, let's talk about yours. And, and again, some of these guys were playing for the numbers involved, right? Like we're not necessarily playing because we think that this is going to happen, but the price is just so good. And as we mentioned, this draft, unlike any other draft we've ever done, is going to be highly unpredictable and certainly has as much variance possibility as we've ever seen before. And I think that's what you're looking at with your first one here on the running back position. Yeah, I talked about this already. I've got J.K. Dobbins first running back taken at plus 500. I don't see like I said, I don't I don't see a whole lot of difference between him and and Swift and Taylor. So maybe, you know, a team wants the the more complete running back. And that's that's Dobbins of these three. So I could see him going first. That's a good price there. at Plus 500. I also like uh, a sequence of the first three running backs taken of Dobbins, then Swift, then Taylor at plus 1200 at DraftKings. So kind of a combination there of, uh, of ways to bet on Dobbins. I kind of tipped my hand when we were talking about wide receivers, but Justin Jefferson under 21 and a half, one of my very favorite bets that I made just too many wide receiver needy teams that are uh, picking before that 22nd pick in the draft. And, um, you know, Jefferson, one of the guys that absolutely crushed the combine, one of the guys that's his uh, season totals, by the way, his film they're going to there's everything to love about him heading into this draft here and he's not going to get past 21 with the Eagles might even go earlier than that if teams kind of decide oh you know what we're going to go get one of these guys and maybe there's even a trade-up scenario where he goes earlier than that so uh, for me under Jefferson 21 and a half super solid bet it's still available out there it's just been juiced uh, to hell but uh, you know again if you maybe you can find it not juiced as badly somewhere else. And then at the cornerback position, I didn't pick Okuda to go three overall. I did not pick Okuda to be the first corner off the board because those odds were incredibly long. What I did do was take Jeff Okuda to the Lions. So basically all I had to do was go in, lay 110 as opposed to minus 10,000 it was for him to be the first corner minus ridiculous number again for him to be the third overall pick. I took minus 110 for him to just go to the Lions because whether they take him at three or they trade out and take him at five or six, most there is nearly 100% that he is still going to be on the board unless there's two trades in that top. And, and that could happen. Look, things could get super wacky. As we mentioned, we expect it to be unpredictable. But most likely scenario for me was the Lions either take him at three move out of three to five or six and take him at one of those two positions as well. The Giants are not taking a corner at four. We know that for sure. So uh, for me, Brett, that was one of my favorite bets was just taking a CUDA, laying the basic 110 at, uh, at, at, to the Lions. 
Yep, that's the way to bet Okuda in this draft for sure. Uh, there, there's been some talk about the Lions taking Derek Brown. I'm not buying it. I think they absolutely go cornerback here after the way they decimated that secondary last year and then the offseason. So uh, I like that one, yeah. So, Brett, for your next one, it seems you have found an odds boost, which is something, one, if you're listening to this, you should be taking advantage of for the draft. They're going to have tons of these. After you go over the lines, if you're going to sign up at these multiple books, which you should do as well, because we talk about comparing these lines, use our links, use our codes, whatever it is over at the lines, because you're going to get the very best sign up bonuses on the Internet right now. I mean, whether it's free money or free bets or match bets or whatever, like we have all of those. And we've worked out those deals with these books. So use those. But through all of that, DraftKings has them. FanDuel has them. PointsBet has them. FoxBet has them. Everybody has these odds boosts that they are uh, that they've been doing throughout the course of the last year. And they're doing a lot of them for the for the draft as well. And you found one that's pretty intriguing. Yeah, I talked about the offensive line and how I want to get exposure to some of these long shots. Well, FanDuel with one of these odds boosts gives me the opportunity to bet Andrew Thomas and Mackay Becton to be the first offensive lineman. You get both of them. So either one of them goes first and you win for plus 450. Uh, at FanDuel, the original odds were plus 400 on that. So you get a little boost there, which I, I would have liked the plus 400. So uh, I'll, I'll take a, a little more a uh, little more action on that. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the max bet is 50 bucks on these odds boosts. So yeah, that, that's one that I'd definitely be looking at. And then maybe get some exposure to, to Becton and Thomas in other ways as well. Uh, just for a little variation at the offensive line, just to, to get off of the, the wills. I'm not paying minus money for an offensive lineman. When I, I really, I truly think any of the, any of these four guys could be the first uh, offensive lineman off the board. So we talked about the wide receiver position and that the lamb, Judy rugs, Jefferson seem to all be locks here. The line is set at five and a half at the majority of the books out there. As far as wide receivers going in the first round. So there are four locks that went in every single mock draft out there, Brett. But after that, it seems to be all over the place as to who the next guy might possibly be, which I think probably has you in the position where you have on this uh, on this bet right here. Yeah, I've got the under five and a half. I talked about it. I'm betting against a run on wide receivers late in the first, hoping that the run begins in the second round. Uh, right there, like the middle of the second round where a lot of teams are still in need of a wide receiver. So that's what I'm hoping for. And I think you can you can kind of combine this with a over on the six and a half offensive lineman. Uh, that's one way I would do it just to to double down on where I think these runs are going to happen on these positions. So, yeah, under five and a half wide receivers in the first round is my number four bet. Yeah. When you take a look, I mean, like we said. Lamb, Judy, Ruggs, Jefferson really are the only consensus ones out there. And so if there's so much dissension amongst these other four wide receivers. Yeah, maybe maybe one of them does get taken, but that still only puts you at five, Brett, and your right. under bet still still works, right? So um yeah, do definitely love that one. Think that is uh pretty awesome as well. Um my last two here as far as my favorites, talked about this last week. No running back to go in the first round. I got it at plus 220. There is still pretty good plus money to be had on no running back to go in the first round. This is one of those scenarios where it kind of, if if the if everything starts going like we think, if there is a run on offensive linemen, if they go ahead and take the five, uh, you know, if they go ahead and take the five wide receivers that we think could go in the first round. So if we're talking seven and five, there's 12 of the picks off the board right there 
just at those two positions. We're not talking about the four quarterbacks at that point that we said are going to go. Now we're sitting at 16. We know all of the stud defensive linemen and corners that are going to go as well. It's just uh, there is a there is a very real scenario where the running back position just gets phased out of the first round um, in this draft strictly because people keep going after the super elites. And even if you think Swift is a playmaker, a difference maker for your team, as Brett mentioned, you know, do you really hate any of these other options out there? Do you hate Dobbins or Swift or Taylor or Hilaire or, I mean, any of these are Moss. There's so many other options at the running back position that I don't think any teams are going to get FOMO by not taking Swift in the first round or not taking whatever, whatever running back it might be in the first round. So the uh, over two to one on no running back, I felt pretty confident in. Yeah, I'm with you. You got to look at the teams here at the end of the first round that you got to worry about. I think the the main one is Miami, just because they have a wealth of picks. They could take a running back at 26. Then you've got Seattle at 27. We saw them take a running back in the first round two years ago. That didn't work out. So maybe they could do it again. I don't see it happening, though. And then the Chiefs at 32. I guess they could go running back. I think they're smarter than that. I think they realize that they have needs in the secondary that they need to plug first. I think those are the three teams you got to worry about. And I'm with you, man. I, I, I like the under, especially at that price. I, I think that's a big winner for you. Yeah. I was really worried about, uh, I was actually really worried about the chiefs there for a while. And then, I mean, you know, look, not that it means anything, but you saw they signed, they signed Deandre Washington as well. Right. Like, I mean, um, just, just a week ago or whatever. So, you know, I don't know. There's, there's one of those things where I'm kind of like, eh, you know, I'm kind of like, I feel like they might just, just look at that and say, okay, we can, we can go ahead and we can go ahead and pass that. So, um, worried about that, but still uh, the price was too much to pass up. And then my last one, was uh, Jalen Rager as a yes in the first round. I actually think he could be that fifth wide receiver that we were talking about outside of the Lamb, Judy Ruggs, Jefferson uh, foursome there. Uh, Rager was a guy that coming into this season, there was just a ton of hype around. Um, It kind of faded just a little bit. A lot of reason to that. It wasn't even necessarily his fault. It was just the production that that came out of Lamb, Judy Ruggs, and Jefferson was just so incredibly high that they just happened to leapfrog him. It wasn't even necessarily anything um, to do with Rager, but still a burner, still a guy that put up some some big numbers, still a guy that apparently, according to Daniel Jeremiah, one of those uh, guys out there that lives, breathes, and eats the draft that I highly respect and certainly look to his mock draft as one that I consider to be one that is is as actionable and whatnot. He tweets yesterday that he hears there's a lot of steam coming in on Rager, that teams are kind of going back to that old tape and kind of falling in love with what they loved about him coming into the season as it was anyway. So uh, for me, getting the plus 165 on him to yes go in the first round was uh, kind of what I was kind of a little bit of informational bet and kind of a little bit of the price was just too good for for that. So uh, plus 165 on Rager, yes, to go in the first round. Yeah, I can see that. He, he's got kind of the same style, same build as a Debo Samuel. Just looking at the success Debo had in that Niners offensive last year, I can see teams kind of buying into the Jalen Rager uh, into the first round hype this year. Sure. 
And your final one is uh, a little <laughs> off the board. We didn't even talk about the tight end position really at all, but uh, I actually love this one. And funny that you have this one down because I actually have this one in my account as well. Yeah, I think tight end is just a toss. They're, they're, nobody's talking about tight end this year. We literally, didn't talk about it in this podcast. Literally, literally no one is. Like, no one's talking about it so, at all. So why is Cole Komet such a huge favorite to go first overall at tight end when he really, I haven't seen him mocked a whole lot in the first round. I could see a guy like uh, Adam Troutman who performed pretty well at the combine. And I think I've seen a lot of evaluators fall in love with him over the past couple months. Why can't he be the first tight end taken at plus 500 over a Cole Komet? Uh, you got the Notre Dame guy versus the small school guy in Troutman. But I think there are, there are owners and GMs out there who like to find that diamond and might take a Troutman over Cole Komet if they need a tight end. So I, I love the This is me just taking the price at, at you know the long shot of plus 500 at a really uh, uncertain position this year with, with really nobody who just pops. Absolutely. So, Same. It was yeah. there has been no talk at all about the tight end. This is the most boring position in the entire draft this year, where typically we're talking about these, you know, these these beasts that are like first round locks and everyone wants that kind of hybrid tight end to go in the first round. Like nobody's talking about the tight end position this year. So I was with you. I actually took a, a flyer on him and Bryant as well, just to be the first tight end taken, because I think that there's a lot of volatility at that position. Guys, yeah. before we uh, before we get out of here, um, of course, we'll remind you we're going to be doing a live stream on our YouTube page, on our Twitch page as well. So be sure and head over there. Myself and Brad and uh, Dave Farah will have guests come in and out and talk uh, everything. We'll keep you updated on the the props, any of the live line movements as well. We'll talk the implications if there's any from a skill position aspect, from a fantasy perspective. Of course, Brett and I pretty massive fantasy players as well. So give you our thoughts as, as far as that goes. So be sure and, and check all that out. But if you have not made it to allinchallenge.com yet, it is a thing that's going on that they are raising a ton of money to provide food for the people in need through all this pandemic and stuff. They're giving it to not only the frontline people, but also to kids and the elderly and people that are just, uh, you know, having a tough time putting food on the table. Right now, they've already raised over $16 million for this, and it's uh, two different ways you can go about it. They're just the straight auctions where, you know, if you've ever done eBay, you know how an auction works, or there's some sweepstakes where literally you just buy tickets, they'll do a drawing, and they'll let you, uh, uh, if your name gets picked, then, you know, you're going to be the person that, that gets the experience. One of the ones that we wanted to bring to your attention, just in case, one, because it's just, all oh, this money's going to such a great cause, and two, because this is absolutely unbelievable if you guys have heard of fanatics you certainly have probably been to their site if you're a person who's ever purchased any sort of memorabilia whatsoever or any swag for your team fanatics is putting up their their uh their thing that they donate is called the ultimate fan experience you get a one hundred thousand dollar fanatics gift card Tickets for you and 20 of your friends to the Super Bowl, including a suite and passes to the Fanatics tailgate party. With that, you get a round trip uh, plane ticket for two and hotel stay. But you also get a round trip ticket for two and a hotel stay for all of these things as well. Two tickets to the NBA Finals Game 1, two tickets to Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals, two tickets to Game 1 of the World Series, two tickets to the College Football National Championship Game, 
two tickets to the Daytona 500, two tickets to the Masters, two tickets to the Men's and Women's U.S. Open Championship Final, and two tickets to the NCAA Men's Final Four Semi and National Championship Game, and oh yeah, two tickets to the Olympics opening ceremony and various events. So you get all of those experiences, Brett, along with the plane tickets and the hotel stays. Oh yeah. And they're going to throw in a hundred thousand dollar gift card for you to buy swag off of their store, probably for you and everyone, you know, for life. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, tickets how do you are $1 by the way? I mean like there it's 10 entries for 10 bucks, 25 for 25. And then you actually get bonuses. If you get to the 1500, $50 is a hundred, a hundred entries. And then a hundred dollars is 200 entries, but they are calling this the ultimate fan experience. And we've heard a lot of like BS people market things as the ultimate fan experience before. But as I read that out loud, this actually is the ultimate fan experience. Yeah, this is everything. (laughs) Literally everything. And if you had to pick one, though, I was thinking about this. You you pointed this to me this morning, all of this. And I was thinking about like, if I had to pick one of these experiences, which one would it be? What would you go with? Well, I mean, I guess we have to eliminate that they're going to let you go with 20 of your friends to the Super Bowl in a suite. I mean, like, because that's obviously like the one where you could do that. I mean, that seems to be uh, the most amazing. I guess for me, I would probably pick I'd probably pick the Masters and 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 one, the tickets to the Masters are so hard to get as it is anyway. And plus, I would just have to assume that whatever I'm getting through Fanatics is going to be better than whatever I could get third party as it is anyway, like on the on the trading market and stuff. And so for me, that's where I would go. I've actually been to a Stanley Cup finals game. Fortunately, uh, I've, I've done that. I've been to the final four and the championship game. So I've done that as well. I've checked that off of the list. So uh, I've actually done those two. So those wouldn't wouldn't make it in there as it is. Um, you did the you did the college football national yeah, championship been game to the, too. Right? Been yep. to the college football national championship game. Did that this year. So that's been ticked off the list as well. I've been to Indian Wells, which is basically the fifth major when it comes to tennis tournaments as it is. So, I mean, I would love to go to the U.S. Open. Don't get me wrong, but I've seen all the big name players play at, you know, a 20,000 seat arena because that's, you know, down in Indian Wells. That's what it is. It's It's basically like a Grand Slam atmosphere. So for me, it would definitely be the Masters outside of, of course, being able to take you and 18 other of my friends yes. to the Super Bowl in a suite. I mean, that would be I mean, that'd be ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. I, my problem with some of these like the the Super Bowl, especially, is it's it's more the spec, more about the spectacle and the partying than the game itself, which is cool. Like, I'd love to be a part of it. But if I'm going to see a sporting event, I want to see. I want to see the game, the sport itself. So the Masters is just the top of the top for me. I think that's a no-brainer out of this list. But um, man, this would be this would be incredible to win. I have put in some entries. I'll just put it that way. And the thing is, it's, <laughs> I have put the in thing some is, entries. like, yeah. And even if you lose, your money is going to s- such a good cause. I mean, they're trying to raise a hundred million dollars for for people who are you know going through a tough time during during all this. So you know. It, even if you lose, it's like, all right, well, at least my money went to a great cause. So I, uh, I will be, I will be getting in this, in this as well. And and if you're super rich, I mean, there are some other sweepstakes out there that are that oh, are pretty yeah. interesting. If you want to join, uh, you can play golf with uh, Justin Timberlake and Bill Murray at Pebble Beach. Yes, that is something that you can do. You can Mark Cuban will sign you to a one day contract to to the Mavericks, and so you know there are some really cool 
sporting things that you that you can do. You can there's a David Beckham one. There is you can go to a UT football game with Matthew McConaughey and go down on the sidelines like he does and and all that. So I mean there are some really cool sporting ones as well from the sweepstakes side. But if you're super rich and you have the auction, um if you have that money, that auction money, you know, if you're if you're super rich, you could go to the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks home opener. You can have dinner with Tom Brady and he's going to give you the jersey off his back for the first game that he ever plays as a Tampa Bay Buck. But Brett, you're going to need to have some Skrilla, my friend. You are going to need to be, you are not going to need to be rich. You're going to need to be wealthy if you want that experience because this puppy is all the way up at $775,000 right now. Yeah, and it's still open for another week. How high is this going to go? <laughs> uh, uh, it's going to hit the milli, right? I mean, it's going to yeah. hit a milli. Ingr- uh, yeah, this okay. You're getting, yes, you're getting the jersey off of the goat's back for the first game that he's ever played for his new team. You get to have dinner with him and his supermodel wife and all that. I get all that, but. Wait, wait, wait. Boy. What's this? It said, this says travel not included. You got to pay your own way. You're paying a yeah. million dollars plus for this. You got to pay your own way. You know why? Because they're like, if you're doing that, it's like you got a private jet anyway. Yeah, that's true. They're they're just they're thinking like this is for this is for some hedge fund manager or some whatever. Then, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like they don't need to give you travel because you're coming on the jet that you own as it is anyway. Yeah, this is all about the experience that you would never be able to get. I get it. Yeah. Uh, some of these other things that you can bid on, you can have a, a golf and dinner with Peyton Manning in your hometown, your hometown course. He'll fly to where you are. You can have a tour of Lambeau Field and everything with Aaron Rodgers if you want to do that. There are some just uh, everything isn't an experience. You can actually get Leonard Fournette's Maybach if you want to like own his if you want to own his Maybach. You can. Uh, play golf with Jack Nicholas. That's another one. And also have lunch with him. So, I mean, there are some pretty awesome to play horse and sit courtside at a Lakers game with Magic Johnson. Again, just stuff that you literally, I say money can't buy, but money can buy it one time. They're giving away stuff like this one time for, for this cause here. And uh, allinchallenge.com is the website if you want to go take a look at it. But it is some pretty, pretty crazy stuff. When you get down to the stuff that we can actually afford, uh, Brett, there are some that are down here at kind of like the $3,000 range. If you want to, uh, custom built racing drone and a flying lesson, if you want to do that, that, that only costs $3,000. Okay. This one's kind of cool. <laughs> this one, this one's kind of cool. This one ends, this one ends tomorrow. Actually. It's a Javier, Javier buys game used broken bat for 560 bucks. See, that's kind of cool. See? I love Javi Bias. See, so I mean that there are there are things, you know? There are things here. So that let's let's we'll look at it. We'll look at it that way. Eli Manning's MVP uh Super Bowl convertible. You can have it for $130,000 if you want it. Oh, that's all. Here we here we go. DJ lessons with DJ Polly D. <laughs> of course. $10,000. Cuz you know, of course, right? Because of course. Wow. But again, yeah. allinchallenge.com if you want to take a look at those. And again, like the 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 tickets start at, at 10 for 10. So I mean whatever, dollar a piece, 10, 10 for 10 if you want to uh if you want to get on some of these things. Pretty interesting. And again, as Brett mentioned, even if you lose, all the money's going to a really great cause. So uh I would take a I would take a look at that. Again, I've 
I, I have some entries. I'll just put it that way. I have me. I have me some entries. Episode 100, Brett. We made it 100. Uh, hopefully, we'll make it another 100 here, another 200. Maybe even we make it to episode 1,000. There'll be enough to talk about. We're going to get back to normal here. Things are starting to look. Uh, we're starting to st- starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel with some of these sports coming up with either releasing some schedules or talking about different plans as how they might get things back to normal when we might start to see things. We've heard some rumors about the NBA and hockey as to when they might get back to action as well. So um, it's been a long time. We understand guys. We really appreciate you hanging out and being with us through all of this, but it is. Uh, it was all for a reason, and it seems like it's working, and it seems like we are not incredibly far in the grand scheme of things from at least getting uh, something to to watch on TV and something to root for. Yeah, I feel like we're on schedule to have sports by the fall. I think that is a favorite right now in some capacity. Definitely, definitely golf. I'm hoping for baseball as well. The other ones, will we'll see. But uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good by like August, September. We'll have some sports to watch. Guys, uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, go in there, subscribe, rate, review, Lines US, PlayPix US on the Twitter machine. And again, we will be live tomorrow night. So be sure and catch us on either lines. We'll embed it on the on the on the page there. But if you want to catch us on the YouTube on, on your phone or something like that, or uh, over on Twitch as well, uh, be sure and check us out. Those will be uh, places we'll be going at it and we'll be breaking down breaking down this all all this stuff, any live movements that are going on and also how this could affect uh, the fantasy season and and things like that, because this is, uh, you know, all, all basically all blends together with these things that we do and player props and whatnot. And that's what it's all about here at the lines and play picks for Brett. I'm at talk to you guys next week.